I got my Enneagram personality type, and it told me I was a tender-hearted snowplow. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids' ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen here with my husband, Joel. And today we are talking about the Enneagram personality typing system. Oh, I did. I did my Zodiac. Are we not supposed to do Zodiacs? No. Oh. You're a Scorpio. We shouldn't know that, though, since we followed Jesus. Yeah, no, but Enneagram is totally legit. (laughs) And how the Enneagram system can facilitate a conversation about our relationships and help us to relate to others. But before we get to that, Joel DeMant, it's time to do the family check-in. It's time for a weekly family check-in where you check in with your family. You know, whenever you do the family check-in, you turn on your radio voice, like your disc jockey, like, go check in with your family. So anyways, this week I'm feeling persecuted. (laughs) It's it's 105 The Zone. Man, it might be 105 in here. But yes, check in with your family. Ask them how they're doing. How am I doing? I'm frustrated. This is for all you parents out there. Duck and Goose, how are you feeling? Frustrated. Why are you frustrated, Joel? Because about a month ago, I sent an email to someone and said, hey, we have a hearing on this date. You need to be at this hearing Uh-oh. on this date. You should have said work stress. Yes, go on. And then yesterday, I didn't say stress. I said frustration. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I called them to say, hey, I just want to, you know, check in with you. Do you have any questions about the hearing that you will be attending, that you are required to attend per your job and my email? They're on and vacation. They said, I can't make it. I will be on vacation that day. Pre-planned vacation. Been planned for years. Even a month ago when I sent you a a hearing date? It ended with me running around yesterday, getting home. Oh, that's what happened yesterday. 30 or 40 minutes later than I usually would because I had to file something before 5 o'clock with the court so I could get a continuance. Um, And I had to write in this continuance, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'm not good at wrangling my witnesses. Mm. I'm a bad lawyer. I'm sorry. That's the worst. I so mean, I'm frustrated. So how are you feeling, my tender-hearted snowplow? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling good at home. The kids are doing well. They're going to sleep when they should be. They have minor colds, but it's not the end of the world. I'm feeling decent at work. I'm kind of where I should be, if only a little bit behind. Um, I've had worse weeks, and I feel like I'm getting a lot done for myself while I'm also very busy in the other areas of my life. So I feel solid. And excited about today's topic. You are more excited about today's topic than you've been about a topic in a while. It's because it's really fluffy. Um. <laughs> I do like the fluffy topics. They're a little less heated. So let's get to it. So today we're talking about the Enneagram personality typing system, which is not Christian, but has been so weirdly and co-opted like the like my christians have taken it over it, it's also not science yes it my, is it is neither christian nor science it's useful to no a, one a catholic psychologist said 
While the Enneagram system shares little with traditional Christian doctrine or spirituality, it also shares little with the methods or criteria of modern science. <laughs> that being said. It's a good starting point. It's, it's just a. Just like Myers-Briggs, just like love languages, it's somewhere to start. It's to, good to give you language and ways of processing things, ways of articulating things that maybe you have felt but haven't been able to articulate. Yes, that is the main thing. And w- this isn't going to be a super scripture heavy one, but we do know that the Bible says that we are called to love one another as Christ loved us. Um, and one of the ways that God loves us, one of the hallmarks of God's love is his, that he knows everything about us. And um, our effort to connect with other people, to be known and to know them, um, the Enneagram system, not perfect, not a great way to stereotype people, but when used carefully and correctly, can be a great way um, to, for people to articulate something that they have always felt but have not been able to express. Um, and I have to say, having looked through my type and some of the language that is used, I don't identify with every single thing, but there are lots of things that I've never been able to express that somebody else gave me language for. And it's a good framework on which to hang real thoughts and real conversations, but it is not in and of itself a real thought or conversation. I made the Zodiac joke earlier, but it, it, it's kind of a... It's kind of a zodiac sign. So it's not though, because if it's based you only, on your own self identification. Yes. But if um, you just say, "Oh, I'm a seven, I'm an eight, and then like that's, that's it, yeah. yeah. Also, it does have the advantage of the fictional character type traits. I'm a Han Solo, so I feel good about that. I did not get Samwell. Oh, did I? Is there a fictional character that goes with each one of our things? Yeah. Who's mine? Uh, so type one is... Wait, should we go over all the types first before we get into I'm the I'm about fictional? to. Type okay. one is Hermione Granger. <sighs> type two is Daenerys Targaryen. Type three is Tony Stark. Wait, should we give the real names for them too? No. Okay. Type four <laughs> is the guy from V for Vendetta. Mm. Type five is Batman as Bruce Wayne. Type six is Samwell Ganji, not Samwell Tarly. Different Samwell. Hmm. Different. Oh, from Ch- Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings. Got it. A different tubby bat sidekick interesting type seven woot woot is on solo congratulations sweetheart type eight is katniss everdeen oh that's a cool one and type nine oh type nine is professor xavier so i missed oh that's a good one no that and i feel like that all right you can give the real ones the real names are uh one the reformer uh who is rational idealistic type principled and purposeful number two is the helper who's carrying interpersonal type Type three is your success-oriented achiever, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, and driven. Type four is the individualist, sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed. Number five is the investigator, the intense, cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Six is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type, um, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Seven is the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. What? (laughs) Type eight is the challenger. The prettiest. Not now. The powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Nine, the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. And all of those descriptions... I've never found you to be overly domineering. (laughs) um, ...are from the Enneagram Enneagram Institute.com. We took... 
the quiz linked from a uh, Instagram account, Your Enneagram Coach. Um, and it, we, I, the quiz was at yourenneagramcoach.com. And a yeah, lot of it's free. They try and sell you a bunch of books, but don't buy their books. Yeah, just no, take their quiz. I actually think I might buy one of their books. Um, but on that note, <laughs> like I said, don't buy their books. Just take their quiz. <laughs> um, and a lot of the analysis today is from uh, the Road Back to You and Enneagram Journey to Self Discovery um, by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabil. Stabil. I think it's like the big book on this, um, especially for Christians. It actually is Christian based, um, even though Enneagram, I think, as a at the very beginning was not, um, but we have literally, we literally have overtaken it. Now it is time for the big reveal. Joel DeMant, what is your Enneagram type? I'm a seven. So a seven. What, what is, are you? I am an eight. You know what? You're one, a 10 in my book. Yeah. Well, nobody likes eights. Um, but I the, like you. Yeah. This, I'm sorry, we just really bowled over my 10 joke, but carry on. A oh, seven A seven is, is fun and, and enthusiast, exciting, um, smart, creative, handsome. You're, he's just literally listing things that have nothing to do with him being a seven. So don't take that into account as your actual information. Which is the most seven thing I've done all day. <laughs> Sevens are um, the golden retrievers of the Enneagram world. Um, and there's lots of different things about Joel, but of the things that stood out the absolute most... Um, He's enthusiastic. Uh, he's got chutzpah. That was an actual thing from The Road Back to You. Um, pain, avo- pain avoidance. Um, absorbing information and learning squil- squills, <laughs> skills extremely quickly. Um, being a renaissance person. Um, having a skill set that's almost too diverse. And being optimistic and exuberant. I would say my skill set is almost too diverse. Well, we'll talk <laughs> a little bit more about that later. First, though, I wanted to... Th- One of the big things they focused on for sevens, air quotes, is like avoidance of negative feelings and like avoids negative emotions and avoids negative, like, I mean, I guess, but I don't feel like I avoid negative feelings more than anyone else. They just, I don't have a lot of them in my life. And when I have a negative feeling, I feel like I deal with it. Are you sure you don't like compartmentalize them into some deep dark uh hole in your body and then cover it up with a joke i do joke when things get awkward or <clears throat> let's try this too serious because i'm not very good what's at the that worst stuff? thing that happened to you in the last 10 years i don't want to talk about that we lost the baby okay i was thinking you would forget it sometimes well, I just... you thought i was gonna forget that i well i mean it's kind of hard to forget no, like I said, I don't avoid negative emotions. I but just But you don't talk about them. Like Well why would I talk about them if I don't feel the need to? Because you have a wife that feels the need to talk about my emotions. No, talk about my emotions. So we both lost that kid. Well, you can talk about your emotions. I talked to you about it. Uh well I mean, whenever you talk to me, as long as it's not bedtime, I talk to you. <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like I can't bring up. I definitely feel like I could bring up painful topics with other people way more easily than I could bring them up with you. Even though our trust level is higher than anybody else, when it comes to the things that cause me real pain, there is something about your personality that makes it hard to bring it up with you. Like I'm going to be a downer to you. You're not a down. I mean, sometimes you're a downer. But it's okay to be a downer sometimes. But and the other thing is like we'll have a conversation and 
Um, this seems like the like the cliche um, man and woman, like the woman needs to like process and grieve and the man just wants to like solve the problem and move we on. We do do that. Well, yeah, but, but I think you, but part of it is about. you're looking for the the way out or the best case scenario or how we're going to move on from it. And I need to process it. And um, I don't think that's avoiding negative emotions. I think that's solving a specific problem. Because one of you're the things that sevens do too is spin. They are spin doctors, and you just spun well, that. <laughs> you you having a negative emotion isn't me having a negative emotion, and so I'm not sure I can avoid your negative emotions via fixing them. I want to fix them because I don't want you to be sad. But that's what a seven. That's called say. dealing with the emotion. That's not avoiding no, it. That's just. I'm just saying. There's but nothing also, wrong. Fixing no, a there's nothing wrong with, with what you're saying. Two different things. I think you're talking about a different personality type. This is what we're doing on today's episode, by the way. He's showing you guys how to use this to yell at your husband. I mean, talk about I, your things. I just think that what you're doing right now is is spinning this issue. I don't think you're actually the worst at this. I don't think it is a defining characteristic, but I think in our marriage, this is a thing where I need to process you want to you want to get out of the negative yeah, thing. You avoid negative emotions by processing them. I process them. You I'm, avoid dealing with them by No, processing. see, but you're thinking about dealing as like dealing with the underlying Yeah, thing. we just deal with them in different ways. Yep, I'm, and I'm not saying that I don't avoid negative emotions more than the average. I'm just saying it was such a thing. And it's just like, I just, I don't avoid, like I don't go out of my way to avoid negative situations or emotions. I just don't go out of my way to get involved in them. I think you also, and I also it's, don't, you, ta- you do it very naturally. That's the whole point of this. I don't have big emotions the way you do. Right. But that's not me avoiding emotions. That's just my emotions aren't as big as yours. Good spin. That's not, yeah, see, that's <laughs> like, that's the problem with these is you can take them. Yeah, you're right. You can use them as a in, weapon. Yeah, and be like, oh, you're spinning. Like, well, reality isn't spinning. And it's kind of hard to look in someone else's head and tell them how they're feeling. Although you're very good at it, my dear eight. <laughs> and so you want to be careful when you're having this conversation. And you should. Everyone should have this conversation with their spouse. But you want to be careful to let them define what they are and not define them for them, no, even if you're an eight. No, I totally agree. Um, but my point is not you're bad because you do things this way. Oh, I'm not bad. It's I'm a, amazing. You are... You, I, it shouldn't be pain avoidance, right? You could say the exact same thing as saying looking on the bright side. Um, pra- you're very practical. That is something that a, um, a seven would come up, like would take you through that way. I'm just it's saying not a matter of yours is good. More than I would say, there were some things in here that I think are very spot on for me. Yeah. And that one, I was just like, oh, that's weird. Like, that's not something I think of myself as doing. I, I think this is one of the core things of a seven. And I think that it doesn't manifest itself in an obvious way in you. But when I really thought about it and the way our relationship works, I actually think it was something that motivates you more than you realize. Another one for you that I thought was very interesting was this idea of being a Renaissance person. Um, you can do so- I like that they call it renaissance person instead of flighty person who doesn't finish anything but and never you know gets what? good at you stuff. You really are the best of this, though. You, I am medium at a lot of things. No, but in it saves us a lot of money around the house, and you have all of these interesting facts. You're 
fascinating because you read so much. I am you have so much information. You're constantly curious and intaking information, which is all seven stuff. And you share it with me. And I appreciate that the your Renaissance person-ness. Um, yes, my, there's my a bit of a, eightness does come out a little bit because you have I a, have a lot of information on a wide variety of topics. And so I feel like I should have an opinion on them. Did you, did you do any reading about wings? Oh, yes. The wings. My wings. I'm an eight wing. I think you are an eight wing. And I think I am an eight with a seven wing, so, which problem, is a very interesting relational though, dynamic. Being an eight wing with a seven base is you have a wide base of knowledge and you want everyone to know it. <laughs> that and sounds so about right. I've had people say, oh, do you argue Except with for, everything? Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, no, only when you say wrong things that I know more about you then. Eights are not about impressing. They're about asserting themselves. But I want to read this. Yeah. And correcting people who are obviously wrong. Seven children are not achievement-oriented so much as experience-oriented. They like the fun part of Boy Scouts, but aren't terribly interested in earning badges or advancing toward a goal. That's not to say they're lazy. Far from it. Sevens are always on the go. They're the kids who want to stay longer and play longer. Limitless energy is available day after day in their world, and they never seem to want to stop. And I feel like this is so true of you. Um, I was always a... I wanted the medal. I wanted the ribbon. I wanted the certificate. I wanted the acknowledgement. I wanted to achieve. Um, and you were like, no, I'm, I'm, I want to be good at things, but I really would just rather experience things. I don't have anything to prove to anyone. And I read that and I was like, oh, that is so, that really was the line of any of this that was the most seven of you, I think. The Boy Scout that doesn't care about the badges. Going on to my eightness. Oh, now we get to talk about you. I like this. Um, I really, the thing, the word that kept coming up, if you go back a couple episodes to our 20 questions episode, um, I think the question is, what word is it that describes you best? And I said intense. And my sister and my brother-in-law um, were playing along with the podcast, pausing it, guessing what our answers would be, and then seeing if they were right. And they also picked intense. Um, and then the word that kept coming up over and over and over again with eights was intense. And eights are the challenger. And um, there is an argument to be said that I could be more three e, but threes are really about um, seeking the approval of others. I got a lot of and threes too. I was almost as three e as I was eighty. I want to assert myself on others. I'm not really interested in what they ultimately think. Um, so some of the things that are um, eight characteristics are. Um, being powerful and dominating, blunt, assertive, um, can't do anything halfway, um, self-confident, self-imposed challenges, um, enormous willpower, um, likes to encourage others, which I very much do. And um, I think the hallmark one for me is the honesty and authenticity. Um, I, that one is where I fell on eight instead of three. Um, three is more about putting up the front and eight is about being unapologetically um, intense and achievement oriented and, and thinking that everybody um, needs to know what I know and what has processed in my brain. Um, And I think the growth area for an eight is to restrain asserting your will. And in every area of my life, I have felt that that is the growth that God is calling me to. Um, In small group, at staff, in our marriage, in this podcast. You have an interesting mix of being very confident and very bullish and very bulldozer with a teddy bear heart and very 
codependent and worried about everyone else's feelings. Like you are very concerned about how other people are doing. So an eight's greatest motivation is the fear that there's betrayal going to happen to them. Um, So that's the idea, at least from my perspective, that somebody thinks behind my back differently than they think to my face. Um, I have a really intense feeling that people are um, kind of humoring me and that when they go back to their private space, they're like, that girl, um, she's a lot. And um, (laughs) which I am a a lot. lot And I do understand that I'm a lot. But but I also think that I think is the soft underbelly, though. Not just that. I think you do genuinely have this concern for other people, a concern that other people are just going along with you because you're bullying them, that a concern that people aren't getting what they want and you want them to get what they want. It's not quite the I don't know which one is the, the two. You're not quite a two. But there's some two in you, like a weird mix of eight and two. Yeah, you're giving me a face. Guess what? Yeah, how's it being on the other (laughs) side of someone else diagnosing you? I talked to my personal life guru and queen of the world, Sandy Long. Oh, that's going on a shirt. (laughs) She was saying that really with the Enneagram, it's like, well, if you ask, what is Jesus on the Enneagram? And her answer was that he's the perfect balance of all of them. So if you see, I'm going to say that. You saying that I'm a two and an eight and me saying that I'm a three and also a little bit of a four. I'm not a nine, but regardless. You're just being more like Jesus. I'm just more like Jesus. <laughs> and so humble about it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that um, as I read through, I read through eights on, on like three or four different sources today. And one of the things that kept coming up, it came up independently in my mind and then was reinforced in three or four different places was the idea. I am certain that there are people who are impressed by what I can produce but I'm, I have no certainty that people like me. Um, we talked about that last week and you said, oh no, people are your friends and um, you have friends and people like you. And there is a difference between being able to produce and being able to do things well and being able to, I actually think there are, I, I believe the kids like me. I believe that the kids- Are you saying there's a difference between being competent and being liked? Yes. Yeah, obviously. I, but you're both. But I'm, but I We've have- We've had this conversation I with have assurance that people- think I am competent. I do not have assurance that people like me. Um, and but what bit of people always wanting to be around you? And I don't feel like people always want to be around yeah. me. We had this conversation you, with one you, of our friends oh. when I said, oh, I don't really have any friends. Kathleen has friends and I have people who hang out with me because I'm with Kathleen. And one of our friends said, oh, no, Joel, I'm your friend. I like you. And my question was, OK, Kathleen and I break up. Who do you call to go to dinner with? And the answer with every single friend we have, even our kids' godparents, who, by the way, were my friends first, the answer is Kathleen. So this takes me really strongly into the second point, which is that um, I would say one of the fundamental flaws of our marriage, this is the, the thing with the eight that I think I identified with the most, even though intensity is like everybody would laugh and be like, haha, that's right. But my desire for authenticity and truthfulness and honesty and my absolute abhorrence of flattery. See, I, I think cannot. You take it too far. Mm, you take you it don't. Far. You don't get to say whether I take it too far. Yes, I do. I'm I saying deal with you. I cannot. When you you are on a constant basis, I you, don't flatter you. you I speak flatter truth. Me. I I. Everybody we know likes you. It's not flattery. It's, it's just fla- truth. Oh, well, that's not true. Every, that is definitively not truth. 
So who, that is who flattery. Do we know that doesn't like you. You want me to like name no. people on the podcast? Because <laughs> I can. No, my point is, is you know me, and you know that I abhor when somebody is slightly incorrect. Mm, I see. And you so I correct oh, wrong. You. I see people. I see you flatter people constantly. Oh, yeah, drives me nuts all the time. It is not people my. People like when you say nice it things about them. Feels I don't. I don't lie to people. I you know there's one of the stories on one of the podcasts I heard today. I should look up the exact name of the podcast, but it was a story of a. Oh, maybe it was in. It might have been in the book. And she was saying, it was in the book. It was in the book of whatever returned to you or whatever. And um, it was a little kid that wasn't eight. And she had just been in an accident. And the mom asks, uh, she asks the mom, mom, do I look terrible? And the mom says, yes. And the nurse is like, <gasps> and I was like, I get it. I don't want to hear anything I, but the truth. Yes, That's, but you are so worried that you're being flattered that you can't. That may be truth. true. Nope, that may be That's true. That's what I'm saying is you take it too far. You're so worried that I'm flattering you when I say, oh, all of our friends really, really like you. They all think you're great. People tell me all the time how much they like you and how great you are. I don't need to hear that, though. I know. Well, you do, though. No. Because you don't believe it. No, but here's the thing. You need to learn to be okay listening One of the that. things that I also identified very much with eights was the fact that we don't really need any outside assurance. No, I, and I I get that. And I like that about you. But I think you do have a growth point of you need to learn to accept the fact that you are very popular and well-liked. And that's okay. It doesn't make I you just, bad. It's not important you to me. If you're it. saying, you're saying. Yeah, but you take it that next step of saying, not only is it not important to me, but it's important to me that I'm not because people who chase that are chasing the wrong thing. I agree with that. Okay. You don't chase it. But you are popular. Popular. <laughs> Very interesting about being a female eight is that we are the hands down most hated Enneagram. Like they don't in, in this book, they don't split up male and females. But when it comes to eights, they have a whole section on female eights because we get called the B word. And we Beautiful. have. <laughs> Bodacious. Um, and and it, it is that kind of sexist. Um, that a man Bigamist. is a, no, that what I was just thinking of B words. Oh, <laughs> um, that it is that idea that men are, they kick ass and take names, but women eights are the B word. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that I actually have been, I think pretty blessed with people in my life that take me as I am. I also I can see you being called that in a staff meeting, no. not by our staff, but by my no. behavior in a staff in... meeting. But again, you have that other side of you where when that would come out as aggressive and witchy, it doesn't. It comes out as just probably more flustered than anything else, which I'm sure you don't like. But it comes out as flustered and like you're in a hurry and you, you don't. I don't consider myself ever flustered. <laughs> right. I don't, especially in the place where I am, I lean, and this is probably a testament to the staff at our church, um, because I can be the most me there. I am the most eight in our staff meeting. Um, I'm thinking more of when dealing with employees at stores or wait staff at restaurants, where you might be oh, see, aggressive no. mm, and pushy. I would never do that. That right. and, and but eight, you are aggressive in a friendly way that makes you seem like you're just are in a aggressive hurry. with people with equal or more power. They are protectors of people with less power. That is a. I've I seen you be aggressive with employees, but you're when when, when have you I, need something in a hurry. 
When you have a need, you are ass- aggressive is the wrong word. You're right. Assertive. I've seen you be assertive with employees. I would employees. never be. I, it is like a, it, that was a funny thing. It's like, it is a hallmark of my life that I would never I, put down. I'm or definitely. Yeah. No, like I said, that's why I would say you have a good balance there and you recognize the opportunity in your personality to bully people with less power than you. And you don't. Yes. Agreed. Another thing that you do that drives me absolutely crazy as an eight is sometimes we'll be sitting out. Um, I'm like watching House Hunters and you're doing things on your phone that I don't understand. And um, you'll be like, all right, time for bed. To which my response is, die. So <laughs> this will shock you and it will shock anyone who knows me. I understand that feeling. I don't like when people tell me what to do. The old joke. Of, we both have we both have types that don't like to be yeah. controlled. Growing up, our family friends always had a joke that if you wanted to kill anyone in my family, it was really easy. You just said, "Hey, take a deep breath," and then the member of my family would hold their breath until they died, because then you can't tell me what to do. Well, but uh, alternatively, and I would like to explain myself to the people who are like Joel, why are you trying to control Kathleen? Yeah. Explain it, because I'd love yeah. to know. So we'll spend a night where she goes, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> For an hour straight, she'll talk about how tired she is. Not and I'll say, come on, babe. Let's call. go to bed. And she'll go, don't tell me to go to bed. I'm like, I didn't. I just said, hey, let's just go to bed. It was an idea, a thought. But other people having ideas, you're very sensitive about a other people having ideas. hallmark of an eight. They don't necessarily need to control, but they absolutely need to not be controlled. Yes, and other people having thoughts about what could possibly happen is not them trying to control you. Says it's something you. I've had to work on my whole life. Good spin, spin doctor. Yeah, it's called being right. So one of the other things you can find at enneagraminstitute.com is the um, compatibility of two types, which I have only read with regard to Joel and I, um, but I'm super interested to read with it with regard to my sister and my um two best friends and just some of the other uh, people that are really close in my life to kind of see what is going on. But Joel and mine is hilarious um, for a few reasons, but I'm just going to read that first paragraph to get started. Both Enneagram 7s and 8s are highly self-assertive, independent, and strong-willed. Both types also resist being controlled or limited by authorities or even by internal psychological mechanisms. Once someone or some inner voice says do not both sevens and eights responds with defiance and a desire to push the limits whatever they may be um which i thought was very funny um and very true yeah, to the little, last conversation we just a little had. pot kettle you do tell me what to do a lot and i just get frustrated silently i guess that's the difference between the eight and the seven you're just avoiding the pain of me telling you what to do yeah you're usually right one of the other things they bring up is that both of us are extremely high energy and get a lot done and that together we can get a lot, a lot done, which is, I think a hundred percent true. I think of some of the things we've pulled off from like a ministry standpoint, from a home improvement standpoint, um, this podcast, um, we both can absolutely churn it out. Um, and their point was that can be used for good or evil. Ooh, evil. <laughs> And just for fun, one of my favorite um, lines of the whole thing was that both types are verbally crude and insulting, frequently saying things that other types would only allow themselves to think. (laughs) And I just think of all the times we've been in small group 
or around people at church or even around my family. And everybody's like, ah, are they going to hurt each other? But for me, that is an absolute expression of love. To be honest with you, I don't know that you always take it that way. But when I am like, Joel, you look like an idiot right now, which I wouldn't say it like that ever, but that's yeah, basically what I would say. Not in front of you people. Um, but to me, that's saying I am protecting you from other people's disdain. I'm protecting you from other people judging you. And I'm being real with you so that you cannot be hurt. And I know you don't take it that you way. You worry too much about other people. I promise you that that is where it is coming from. I know. Before we get to our last segment, I just wanted to talk about my favorite question of the Enneagram test, <laughs> which was, I believe there is a tragic inner flaw in me, which causes me to constantly compare myself to others who seem to be complete and whole. This comparison leaves me feeling inferior and full of shame. I have that flaw. I just don't think it's tragic. <laughs> there were a lot of questions like that where they were like, yeah, I, I was getting frustrated. Not really, but playfully about where the question would say have two statements within it where one could be true and the other false. And it was like, do you agree or disagree with the statement? It was a scale of one to five, though. So you could pick in the middle. But that doesn't tell you which one you're agreeing with and which it's a compound that question. That is not an Enneagram 7 thing to worry about, Joel. I object. <laughs> That's my whole point. Did you have um, any memes that were your favorite? Uh, the one where I get to be Han Solo. Oh, yes. Um, I liked there was an Enneagram 8 and what you need to know about how they engage with you. And they said, they don't see being direct as hurtful and they didn't think you would either. Yeah, I feel that. There's also a great one that's a picture of a guy with a, who's parachuting and his parachute is on fire. And it just says, so far, so good. <laughs> Which isn't really who I am, but I do like that picture. Um, so if you want to look for, I think the Enneagram memes are like half the fun of the Enneagram typing uh, system. So one of the best places to get those memes is at um, Enneagram and Coffee uh, Instagram handle. Now it's time to get to our next segment. So that came up. Tonight, Dane was reading the devotional, or he wasn't reading, he's five. I was reading the devotional to Dane, and we were reading the story of Jesus calling his disciples, in particular Matthew. And Dane looks at me and he goes, Matthew? Like Matthew 7, 24 and 25? Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. <laughs> did he say that? Oh, yep. Well, the song worked. Yes, the song did work. Thank you, Jumpstart 3. And I said, well... It's referring to the same Matthew, but I don't know if he wrote it. So then in the middle of our devotional, we pulled out the phone. We Googled Matthew. We Googled the gospel of Matthew. We tried to figure it out. Turns out nobody knows. Not a great answer for a five-year-old, by the way. Um, but I told him that the Matthew in the story was the same as the Matthew who is the title of that book of the Bible. <laughs> Um, it just doesn't necessarily mean that he wrote it. We don't necessarily know who wrote those down. We're pretty sure that the stories came from a disciple. That he, like, collected them. Yeah, we don't know if he's that's what yeah. That's what I was getting from the internet. Point being, you don't have to know the answer to everything. You used to have to, but now you have the interwebs, and it's okay to look it up. And even if you don't know, it's okay not to know. It's okay to tell your kid, no one knows, man. 
It's a mystery we're going to have to live with. All right, Kathleen, pray us out. <laughs> Lord, help me to be less of an eight in every possible way. Help me to know that I am valuable even when I am not asserting myself. Help me to be less intense, less domineering, more accepting of other people's help and other people's flaws, and to remember that other people are things. And help Joel um, to deal with the painful things in his life, not to avoid them. Um, thank you for providing me with a spouse that sees the joy in things and isn't pulling me further down into the worry. Um, help everybody to discover um, what you can reveal to them in their type, as they obviously are going to go look this up afterwards. Make it all about you. And in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.